Welcome to Real Food, Real Conversations with Sophia DeSantis, where we focus on finding our happy balance between salad and fries. everybody. Welcome back to the Real Food, Real Conversations podcast. And we are on episode 31. And today I'm super, super excited to talk about um, a subject that I think I've talked about a lot, but really, you know, dive deep into it about diets and why, shocker, they don't work. Um, I have a guest today, Randa, and I want her to introduce herself and tell you guys why she's the perfect person to chat on this subject with. Hi, so I'm Randa. I'm really excited to be here. Well, I have a super long story. I'm going to shorten it up. Essentially, um, I've lost 70 pounds the wrong way by dieting and gained it back and was on a roller coaster for many years, had disordered eating where I saw food as punishment. Like I saw food as the enemy, not as fuel. So it's my mission to change mom's mindsets around food that, you know, it's there to fuel our bodies and we should not be living off 1200 calories a day because an app tells us to. Yes. The app tells us to, that is, um, (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because the app tells us to, which is so funny because I, I giggle because I feel like so many things today in our privileged technology driven world. Um, so many things are because the app, the influencer, the internet, all the things told us to, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And there's so much really toxic information out there. And I hate the word toxic, but that's just what came to mind. Cause I mean, there are people online saying, Oh, drink these skinny teas, drink this. Oh, you know, well, you're just gonna, you know, essentially almost poop your pants. So, (laughs) you know, there's, it's not that simple. No, not at all. And I, I mean, part of it, don't you think is because it, because of our access to information these days, people are less likely to actually physically go and talk to a professional. They want the, like, it's our, um, our, just the way life is now. We want the quick fix. We want whatever's easiest at our fingertips, which it's proven because, you know, so many times we buy things on Amazon versus going physically to a store. And while it's convenient and great for moms, like, you know, those of us that are moms and are crazy or super busy with work and it can be easy. But when it comes to things like our health, losing weight, um, doing those kinds of things, we're following that same path when in fact, we actually need to stop and talk to a professional versus the girl we saw on Instagram. <laughs> right? Yes. Like- yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. A million times. Yes. Um, exactly. We want a quick fix. We want to lose, you know, 30 pounds in a month so we can get all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I need to be in a bikini next month. Well, better starve myself. No, no, no. <laughs> like, no, that's not how it works. Um, it's, it's, it's the society, like you said, that we're in right now. We just want that quick fix. We have prime, we have, you know, the next day shipping, I've had same day shipping before, but when it comes to our, yeah, it's great. But when it comes to our bodies, we need to give it some, give some grace and allow it to do its thing. Well, and I love that you say like, cause I love, 
I really love that you come from a place where you did it wrong. You know, like, it's not like so many people start by saying like, do what I'm doing because I did it right, which is great. But it's so different to hear, listen to what I'm saying because I did it wrong. And that is like, it's so empowering. I don't know. I think that's like such a good story that you have that, you know, you know what it was like to do it the other way. And so many people, I think now, I mean, even professionals, like, you know, you go to a professional and they say, you know, like I've had such, such success with this. And that's why I became this professional because I had such success. Whereas you're saying I actually failed and in the long run, even though I won because I lost the weight, but I actually did it wrong. And I want to teach you not to do what I did. Yeah. I want to teach everyone to not be a miserable human to be around to not get stuck in those things where you are a hundred percent eating clean a hundred percent of the time. And you are restricting not just your food, but your family's food for them without even realizing. And really Mm -hmm. you are a miserable human to be around because, Hey, I've been there or you went on restrictive diets or you just restricted your calories. And then you're just grumpy all the time because you're hangry. Yeah. Yeah, uh, totally. Hangry. I mean, that's like people on, well, let's start like from the beginning. Like why, why in general, because we hear this a lot, you know, diets don't work, but why in general are, do all these diets out there specific to weight loss? why, Why are they failing? Why are they failing people? Why are they failing, you know, in general? I think there's a few different ways they are failing, but one, there's an end date. You may know, maybe you're doing a diet to lose a set a number of pounds before you go to Mexico or your family vacation. There's an end date and you're just going to hop back on that same train you were on before and continue your previous lifestyle or um, it's restrictive. And so you have to cut out carbs and you're eating a very, very low amount of carbs. You, and you love bread. That's not sustainable because you are going to go eat bread. And even if you had a little bit of bread one day, you're going to be like, Oh, I failed. Okay. Well, it's Mm -hmm. Wednesday. I'll restart it on Monday. And then you just binge and binge and binge and binge until Monday comes around. And then you're back on track and I quote on track, um, or you starve to try to make up for it. And it's just this cycle that is not winning. I would much rather have someone not obsessively track their macronutrients or calories, but have a general idea and eat a balanced diet in the sense of, you know, you have um, a balance, say your plate, you have a balanced amount of carbohydrates, proteins, fats, and that continues throughout your day. And Hey, if you want to have a slice of cake, you're going to have that slice of cake because it's your kid's birthday and you were up all night crying and baking it. So you need to enjoy that. (laughs) I've been there. So (laughs) yeah. And the same with pizza. So you're like, in general, you're saying like, they don't work because they don't have the balance, right? They don't have the balance. There's an end date. Um, you feel like you're under a microscope. You feel like, oh, I got to follow this diet. I got to follow this diet. And if you have a quote unquote slip up, you fall off the rails. And sometimes, you know, it's, you might gain more than what you originally lost in my now, experience. Now, when you like, so when you say like, you think that, you know, they're, there's, they're restrictive, you know, they have this end date. And you are talking about balance. Why, if they're, if they're so restrictive, and I'm just, I'm saying this not because I believe it, but just to like, you know, guide this conversation. If they're so restrictive and, you know, you're a rule follower and hey, you can follow these rules. 
and you lose that weight, why is balance better then? You know, if, if you, if you're saying like eat the pizza, but wait, I'm not losing all this weight as much as I want to, why is it better to, to do it that way? One, you're going to be better satiated. So you're not going to be starving all the time. Two, you don't feel like you're missing out. If your kids and family are having pizza and you're just sitting there eating some romaine lettuce, you know, you're going to resent it. You're going to be like, oh, I wish I had pizza. Or you'll slip up. <laughs> <Really>? Weird. <laughs> or you'll, not, I hate that I'm saying slip up, but you'll go and have a slice and be like, well, I messed up. I may as well have a half a pizza instead of having, say, two slices and a side salad or some veggies with it. Um, so that's, that's my thought. And it's just more balanced because you're just eating everything and you don't feel like you're left out. And don't you feel too, that like, it helps you learn control. Like I know, I mean, when I first met my husband, um, my husband doesn't have a weight problem in any way whatsoever. But when I first met him, like he would sit on the couch with a bag of chips and he could go through the whole bag. And then he's like, God, I feel like crap. And I'm like, really weird. You just ate an entire bag of chips. And um, I have never really had that issue. I'm not saying this to like brag or say I'm perfect because I definitely have, you know, my own issues, but maybe it's just my sense of like, I always need to control things, which is an issue in and of itself, and which is why I have anxiety. But when it comes to food, that actually has been beneficial for me because I'm pretty good at like, taking that handful, putting it on a plate, you know, enjoying it and then feeling like, eh, I'm pretty satisfied. I don't need any more. And, um, that it's almost like, you know, a control thing. Don't you think that like when you, when you don't have that balance, you know, and, and that's my husband, like, like he's learning, but you know, I used to meet him at the beginning when we first met, and he used to be like, Oh, I'm eating carbs this week. And I'm like, what, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you eating carbs? He's like, you know, I've been feeling gross. So I'm just not, and he won't eat carbs for like a week. And then like, meet his like goal and then go back to normal his, you know, the normal part of him and he'll be totally fine. And I'm like, Oh, that's so annoying. Um, but it's that back and forth that, you know, I think especially in women, I mean, I know men struggle with it too, but I think especially us women that, um, that back and forth, it kind of messes with your head, right? Yes. And that's why I don't believe in cheat days or cheat meals. Um, for me, a cheat meal turns into a cheat day, which could turn into a cheat week. It is a slippery slope where I would rather eat something when I want it in maybe a smaller portion, make it fit into my day, maybe plan ahead. And since doing that, since allowing myself to be like, okay, no, I'll have that slice of pizza. I'll have that cake, a little bit of ice cream. If I actually don't want it, I don't have it. And that sounds so simple. But years ago, that was never a thing. I always wanted it because I restricted myself so much. So it's no longer this big, like, ooh, we're going to have cake tonight. It's just like, okay, cool. No, thank you. And it's, you don't even think twice about it. Well, and I don't, well, I don't believe in cheats at all. I, I don't think that the word cheat should be associated with food. In fact, I don't think a lot of language we use today should be associated with food because it, you know, from what I think, and I think you agree is that it brings emotion into food and food isn't meant to be an emotional. It's meant to like make you happy, but it's not meant to have emotion attached to it because it really, like you said, is a slippery slope of, you know, attaching your worth to what you eat and that, you know, and especially like, you know, when you have kids, like raising them, knowing that like all things are created equal. And even us who, 
we, we lead mostly plant-based um, life because of my husband's health. Um, that's how it all started, you know, where we moved to mostly plant-based um, because he had some heart issues and his cardiologist, medical professional, <laughs> said that he, um, he needs to, he, can't, he doesn't need to, he can take medication and do whatever he wants. However, if he wanted to be off of his medication that was no longer working, um, to, he suggested we try, you know, switching to a plant-based diet. And within three months, he'd completely cured himself, which is amazing. And he hasn't been on medication since. He hasn't had any issues since. And this was eight years ago. However, um, when we had kids and as they grew older and they started asking about things, um, we have actually kind of taken a little bit of a step back. Not my husband. He is he's mostly plant-based still. Um, and we are mostly too, but he is way more than we are just because of his health issues. And with my kids, I want to teach them having a good relationship with food. And I don't want to say, you cannot eat that. And it's more like, well, we don't eat that because of dad's health. And for dad, this creates issues. Well, you're a, you're a product of dad, and there's a good chance it might create issues for you too when you're older. And so we want to teach you the biology and the medical reasons behind it. However, I say, if you're curious, you should try it. And my kids have, they've tried, you know, anything they've wanted to. And there's things that they try that they're like, nope, I don't like that. And then there's things that they try. They're saying, yeah, it's not bad. I might eat it again. Um, so that's the thing. It's like, it's so hard, especially as a mom, right? To like raise these kids to not feel self-worth or feel like food is a good or a bad thing. Yeah. I don't like the term bad when it comes to food. And honestly, this is something that I'm working on myself still because I'll be speaking, but like, oh, that's bad. And I'll stop it. Like, no, it's not. It's just food. Yeah. Um, I do not like the word guilt. Oh, I feel so guilty for eating that. Or yeah. it's been guilty pleasure. No, it's something you enjoy. Yeah. Um, but you know, that spinach and article choke dip that you have once a year at Christmas or New Year's Eve, that's not bad. Yeah. Unless well, it I makes mean, you very sick, but no, totally, totally. Unless there's a medical reason for sure. But that's the thing. I mean, and that's, I think what diets are um, really centered around. I mean, even for me in my niche, you know, I try to associate myself more with plant-based and vegan because plant-based is more, um, it's just a little bit more who we are. Um, but even within these niches, like it's so, it can be so black and white and it can be so restrictive and whether it's marketed as a weight loss diet or not, it's still very easy to get drawn up into that, you know, like, oh my gosh, I can't eat that because it doesn't meet the rules of this diet I'm following. And some diets promote their own products or other store-bought yes. products that are a chemical shiz storm, you know, it's yeah. like, there's, there's no whole foods really in it. It's, it's absolutely all prepackaged. Yeah. And how, when you're choosing to have that over a banana, cause the banana is too much carbs. There's something yes. there. Yeah. A hundred percent. And you know, the, the thing is for me is I say, look, like personally for me, it's you need to decide your why with everything you do. Now, if your why, because I know people that their why is 100%, um, they are 100% into whatever they're eating to be ethically sound. Fine. You know, that's your why. If health is not your why and you're going to live on processed vegan alternative foods because 
your why is saving the planet, saving the animals, you do you. You 100% do you. But if you start feeling like crap, you know why. You know, like you're putting, you know, your own health at risk, which is fine. And some people don't care, which, you know, it, it is, that's fine. You do you. But our why was always for health reasons with my husband. Um, that's where it all started. That was the crux of it. And now it's, it's turned into a little bit of mental health reasons for my kids, which is why I've backed off a little bit when it comes to them as they get older. Um, and then for me, I went through early menopause and I'm just kind of coming out the other side of it. And my body has completely changed. And I've realized in the last six months that I'm intolerant to gluten. Like I cannot have it. And to the point now where I'm like cleaning dishes and cleaning my toaster oven in between making my own stuff. Cause it's starting to even affect me. And I mean, I might be celiac. I just don't want to gluten load to test because I would feel like crap. Um, but my body's changing too. So I'm having to add other things into my diet that we didn't eat before for myself. Cause I have to worry about me, right? Like, Yes. We're each individuals. Like we can't just jump on the bandwagon of even if it's someone we love, like my husband, like we have to worry about ourselves. Every body is different. Right. Every single body is different. And that's the other thing. We can't go on this cookie cutter plan, which is like why I love it when I work one-on-one -on -one with clients because we can customize things to themselves. Like it's so right. cool when you can figure out what works for you, you know, and you have like your own special plan and lifestyle that you can navigate through and bring with you to right. restaurants. It's, it's totally. Awesome. Well, and, and just in general, I mean, yeah, eating fresh produce and eating lots of plants is, is great for everybody, but that's not, not to say that everybody just needs that. Like some people, I mean, I know people that their bodies actually do need to have some animal protein in order to function correctly. And I know people listening to this might get pissed off and might disagree or whatever, but the bottom line is it's true. You know, you don't have to admit it, but it's true. Like I, you know, I actually have a friend whose son, whose son literally really can't eat a lot of vegetables and fruits. Like his body, he actually, they have noticed medical differences with the, you know, help of his doctor. He like his body, like he loses balance. He can't, do certain things. And when he's heavy protein, um, he's a whole different child, which is insane, right? Like it's insane how different the human body can be um, in so many, so many different ways, which leads me to my next question. Um, and I'm just going to totally call it out, but the whole keto thing, keto, keto, whatever it's called, that was created for a medical condition. And now, yeah. now it's a diet and people are seeing amazing weight loss success with it. What are your thoughts on that? I think that it was originally created for a medical reason. And if you have that metal, I wasn't a seizures. It was something to do with your brain. Something's, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And you know, it was for specific people because for some people that is the diet they should be on. But if you love bread, if you love, um, pizza and food like that, it's not for you. I know a lot of people who have had success with it and then they didn't, they've dropped and a ton of weight <laughs> and then they gained it all back. And then some, I know someone, not personally, they're an acquaintance, but I do know that they wrecked their kidneys. There is, I'm not going to get into the story because it's pretty personal for them, but it, 
they wrecked their kidneys. It, they could no longer like donate for transplants. Um, it was, it was very upsetting. Yeah. So, well, I mean, oh, I mean, like you said, it's created for a medical condition. If you don't have that medical condition. <laughs> exactly. Um, a lot, again, a lot of people jumped on it because, and do jump on it because there's some quick weight loss there. Yeah. And a lot of people do it wrong. And I hate saying that, but you know, well, keto is frying up a pound of bacon and eating that with eggs and extra butter every morning. And I know not everyone does that, but I have yeah. seen people go, Oh, it's okay because I'm keto or they drink their external ketones, which defeats the whole purpose. And like, you know, they sell them and whatever. And I'm not like knocking anyone's business, but it's just, no, that's not how it's supposed to be. Well, and it was supposed to be guided by medical professional. Yes. yes. Not by, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, the bottom line is, is these diets sell. And so when it started all these, you know, people, which, you know, I am going to knock them a little bit because you're taking something that came from a doctor, you're selling it to the public, even if you are a doctor or claim to be, or might have some credentials that make you a professional, you're selling it to the public and making it available for people that aren't being followed by a doctor. So I do think that kind of sucks. You know, it's kind of like when, you know, this is much simpler and probably, you know, it's not going to like ruin your kidneys, but it's like when you go get a facial and they say, no, you need to buy this product. It's medical grade. You can only buy it through a licensed esthetician because it's medical grade. If you go get it on Amazon, it's bootleg. It's not the same thing. So that's what I kind of look at it as is like whenever I see these fad diets that are, you know, like the thing that the kid a whole thing that, you know, like, wait a second, you're buying this from this ad you saw pop up on your browser, but it was made for a medical condition. Like, how is that safe? Mm -hmm. If you're not, if you're not being, you know, if you're not going to your doctor and doing it. And I think people don't go to doctors because doctors are going to be like, yeah, yeah, it, you don't need that. It was, I mean, it, and some doctors might, you know, might say like, it's okay, okay. Yeah. it might help you. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, it always kind of, it always kind of boggles my mind when I see these things. I have spoken to a few nurses that I know personally about their thoughts on it. Their thoughts are fairly negative. Um, but again, we all know someone that had great results. And I think you kind of got to look at yourself. If you love bread, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that, uh, popcorn, you enjoy some popcorn at night. This probably isn't going to be the lifestyle. Oh, you can't eat popcorn on keto? Well, I don't know I mean, much I, about it. Everything has to be under, I think it's like 20, it's been a long time, but I believe it's like 20 gram net carbs a day. Yeah. I don't, 25. I don't know a lot about it. Cause I don't follow diets. I mean, I know, I don't know a lot about honestly, any of those like pop, like paleo keto. I don't know a ton. I just know that it was created for a medical condition. So I didn't know you could eat popcorn. My husband would be out. Like he lives, he eats popcorn all day, every day. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when it, there's too much carbohydrates, you can't, right? So in popcorn, interesting. I think so. Now my well, brain's kind of scrambling, corn, but maybe yeah. corn because corn's also a grain. So yeah. Um, yeah, I get that. Um, so with these diets, let's out of curiosity, if you're following this fad diet, like how long are you going to keep this weight off? Because we all know that the biggest thing with diets is that when you're done with them, it comes back and then some, like you said. So. How long do you keep the weight off? Until you stop following that diet. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. 
Yeah. And yeah, I mean, okay. I, I knew there were carbs in popcorn. I have to come back to this. I quickly Googled, but like for a hundred grams of popcorn, there's 74 grams of carbohydrate, but I, I just oh, didn't well, know how much okay. was in there. Um, there's fiber too though. So, but anyway, oh, yeah. <laughs> I digress. Um, yeah, it's going to be when you start eating normally and it's not just like adding carbs back in it's how much of it you eat. Cause it is, yeah. you know, you, they say calories in calories out. It's that deficit. 100%. So yeah. when you restrict yourself though, sometimes for so long, and then you have that and you're like, oh, sweet Lord, what was I missing? And then you just keep eating and eating. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's that hamster wheel. That's what I don't and, like about diets. It's a hamster wheel. Well, and back to that, like I actually, we, I just talked about this on um, the podcast I just recorded and I've see, talked about this in many of my other episodes. One of my favorite words right now is homeostasis. And um, I was pre-med in, in college. And so I get very nerdy when it comes to like cells and stuff. And I've always, um, homeostasis has been like a word that I've always loved because it, you know, it just, it exudes calm in my, in my, in my mind. Like it seems like a happy place. Right. So um, like you said, is when you're fall when you're restricting yourself, you're, you're, you're restricting something you love to get back to that you know, homeostasis of like, of having that feeling of like loving it, you're going to overdo it big time until you regulate again, because you're trying to like make up for that lost time. You know, (laughs) it's kind of like, you know, when you don't sleep enough as a mom, which happens all the time, you're exhausted. And then finally, like one night you sleep for like 14 hours because you're so tired. Your body just, you know, needs to like fill that cup again. Um, and you know, and bread, I mean, who doesn't like bread? I mean, I don't know. I have had to cut gluten for my body. And that was the one thing I first did when I first had to cut gluten. I literally um, bought like every gluten-free bread I read good things about. So I could find something that I could, you know, have because um, I do like bread. But what's interesting is as, as my body has become less and less tolerant to gluten, it has actually um, stopped craving the bread that I used to eat. I still eat bread, like, you know, whatever, you know, the kind that I can but I used to love like a, um, like a baguette with like the gooey middle, you know, that chewy middle, my body doesn't crave it as much anymore, probably because it knows how much it affects it. But I mean, I can't imagine not eating bread like ever. Sometimes you just need a sandwich. Oh, I I love sandwiches. It's one of my favorite things. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I, I can't imagine cutting something completely out. And when you cut out bread, like you can't eat cupcakes. You can't eat pizza. You can't eat any of that stuff. And I think most of us, I think most of us like eat that, you know, love that stuff. And there's very few people that truly don't like that, right? Don't you think most yeah. people are lying when they say they don't? Yeah. They're like, oh, I don't like sourdough or I don't like this. I'm like liars, right. <laughs> like, you know? Right. But I mean, I think a lot of people, they're scared of carbs because they hear that, oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. But it's, the foods like say cake and cupcakes where there's added fat and sugars and everything that's added into it that really bumps up that calorie intake that, yeah. you know, if you eat too much of it, you'll gain a little bit of weight there where you shouldn't be demonizing, you know, fruits, vegetables, and complex carbs because like mm-hmm. a sweet potato, sweet, you know, those are nourishing you with your yeah. micronutrients, your vitamins, your yeah. minerals, so many good things. I know there's some, and that's the thing is like, there is a hundred percent difference between a cupcake carb and like a fruit carb. But I do, like you said, I, I've seen the whole carbs are bad, which 
boggles my mind because um, going back to my nerdy scientific ways, like your cells need them. Like how your body needs all those macronutrients, like the macro, like protein, fat, carbs. And that's the same thing with fat. I mean, I don't know. Do you remember um, snack wells? The low fat, I don't know how old, I don't know how old uh, you are, but I grew up in the era of when snack wells was like a big thing. And that's because they were, it was the fat free, low fat era of life. Um, but honestly, they just packed more sugar into it from it to taste good. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I remember the low fat craze because it went on for a really long time, even in the early mid 2000s. Yeah. And I just remember the grocery store as a kid, it was always, oh, fat free, fat free. And then I yep. started learning in the mid 2000s that usually when it was fat free, they added more sugar. Yeah, totally. I would much rather fat than added sugar. Like, well, Yes. And from what I remember, um, when I remember reading about this back in college was that, um, this whole fat free thing started because of the rise in cardiovascular disease and they thought fat was the issue. Well, what happened is they had this whole fat free craze, um, and actually cardiovascularly, like they start having even more issues. And then they start realizing it's actually not connected to fat because good fat, our body needs, it's actually now they're seeing that connection between, you know, like the sugar, the, all this extra stuff that's um, being stuffed into our food. It's, it's not to take the. I was just looking for this book and yeah, there, I think it's this one, the big fat surprise and it oh. discusses that. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. if you're listening, read the big fat surprise, if you're scared of fat, um, because people are, I mean, they're scared of carbs they're scared of fat, but what's interesting to me is that people aren't scared of protein. So it's like, it's like people like the protein push. And um, I talked to a uh, pediatrician, gosh, long time ago um, in my membership group. And she actually gave me an mind boggling statistic, something about 90, I want to say it was like 96% of the patients she saw did not have a protein problem. It was like the top three or 4% that actually had the protein problem, but the 96% had a fiber problem. And our country is so obsessed with protein and scared of fat and carbs. And, and the problem is that by doing this is we're taking fiber out of our diet and our, you know, our everything, like we need fiber so bad and 96% of the people are not getting adequate fiber. That's mind boggling to me. When I look at a nutrition label, if I'm buying something from the store, I first always look at how many grams of sugar are in it. And then I look at fiber. Fiber is really, really important to me. Um, I want to make sure, you know, I'm regular, that there's like, there's still that fullness in you um, and fruits and vegetables. There's your right. natural source of fiber. And yeah. yeah, again, about the protein, because I remember with my kids, I'm like, oh, they're not getting enough protein. They don't like chicken. They don't like this. And you start stressing out about it. And then when I learned through school, how much protein we actually need in a day, it's not much. Like my daughter no. only really needs about 20 grams of proteins a day. That's one protein scoop, you know, not that, you know, or like a few eggs, like we are yeah. getting it. it. It's not as much as it's not the bro science. It's not. No. Yeah. Well, and like, really we America, like when was the last time you heard of a protein deficiency here? Like, it's like, those are, those are problems in like countries where people aren't getting nutrition in general, you know, they're malnourished overall. And, but when you ask a doctor, a fiber issue, so many issues. And funny story is that um, when my kids went to preschool, 
the first, the oldest one, um, when he started, I got a call from his preschool teacher and she's like, um, I just need to let you know, like, I think, um, I think he's sick. I think he has a stomach bug because he's kind of had like really like loose stools all day. And I'm like, um, yeah, no, that's normal. And she's like, what do you mean? That's normal. She's like, it's not normal. I go, yeah, actually loose stools, like, you know, having like not hard clump poops, like where most kids are like struggling to go to the bathroom. Like my kids go like two to three times a day. And that's actually normal because they eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. And she was like blown away at the fact that like, that's actually normal. And I was like, no, they don't have diarrhea. They're actually normally going to the bathroom. (laughs) They say for women, they say for women, we should have at least 25 grams of protein or I mean, 25 grams of fiber a day. And if I eat my, you know, I have a big salad, I eat like vegetables throughout the day. I surpass that. I get about 36. If I'm, if I'm traveling or just not in it that day, I'm sometimes it's 15. I see how easy it is to not get enough fiber. Well, and especially like it's at, you know, like at the preschool, like, you know, most of those kids were eating like mac and cheese all day. Um, you know, things that like they weren't getting, like you look at their lunches and I, that's what I said to her. I said, look at my kid's lunch compared to everyone else's kid's lunch. Like, you know, they didn't, they don't have the fruits and vegetables and like, you know, I get it. It's hard to feed kids. And there's plenty of days where I'm like, okay, you're not going to eat a vegetable. Don't eat a vegetable. I don't care. But in general, it's not the day that you have to worry about. It's just the general overall. Um, It's amazing how much we're obsessed with protein and we don't think about the fact that we need other things. And I see this in our country and a lot of these fad diets, like they're centered around protein, this protein, that. Um, And that's, you know, and that's the thing too. Like, what I've realized is like when I go on vacation and I live on French fries and cocktails, um, which I've said this multiple times, if you've heard my podcast or generally been with me in life, like when I go on vacation, I don't want to stress about things. Um, but I realize like my digestion, like I get constipated, like I'm not as regular anymore. And my, I start to crave those leafy greens, those things, because my body wants to like, and it's funny. Cause I, you know, you say like, Oh God, I gained five pounds on vacation. Well, when you start actually being more regular, that drops off like that because you're actually emptying your body out versus it like getting stuck up in there. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you did not gain five pounds of fat on vacation. No, it's, it's, that's exactly it. Drink some water, eat some vegetables and you'll be probably back to normal within the week. Yes. And that's not real weight loss, like weight gain and weight loss. It's just, it's just your body not you know, emptying out like normal, like you, you know, and especially when you feel like, oh my God, like, look, I look like five months pregnant. Well, yeah, that's because stuff is all stuck in there. Yeah. I know. I just posted on my Instagram stories the other day because we just had Canadian Thanksgiving and that night I took a picture and I looked five months pregnant because I indulged, I had my desserts and I was just like, like, I'm not worried. Well, and it's, you know, when you put stuff into your body, where do you expect it to go? Yeah. Like it's going to, it's going to, sh- I mean, it's your body has all your organs. I mean, it's going to pop out somewhere <laughs> until yeah. it's digested, right? Like it's going it's, to, that's what's funny. And it's true. I mean, other than the fact when I eat gluten and I actually do look six months pregnant because of all the bloatingness. Um, but again, once that goes away, it goes away, but I digress. Um, so as far as like the, the diet thing, people talk so much, 
they jump on these bad wagons of all these new diets that come out. And when there's a new one, I feel like there's an influx of people because they say like, oh gosh, it's so hard to lose weight. You know, I'm sure you've heard that before. Why, why do people say that it's hard to lose weight when there's this simple, you know, simple equation of like calories in calories out? Because it's hard to change our habits. We don't want to change our habits. We don't want to give up things because a lot of us still, we still associate weight loss with restriction. And yeah, there's going to be a restriction of some calories because you have to do the math game there, but it doesn't mean you have to restrict your life. So a lot of people, some, one of the big mistakes I see is people when they decide they want to lose weight, they go balls to the wall and they cut out everything that's quote unquote bad and then start adding all in the good things and start working out like crazy and they overwhelm themselves and tire themselves out to where they just stop and fall off. They're just like, no, this is too much work. Whereas instead, maybe if they started incorporating a few things every day, it could you know, be the change they need. So I always tell people to start with water and up their water intake, take their body weight, divide it by half. And that's how many ounces they should be drinking at minimum, maybe more if they're working out or if you live in a hot climate and do that your first day, just up your water. Second day, keep that going and maybe switch out your lunch for a salad. I like to have a salad or stir fry every lunch. So that way I know I'm getting a ton of different vegetables in. And it's like my fail safe. So start that. And then every day you just start adding a new habit or even just a small habit. And it snowballs into the results you want instead of cutting everything out and adding everything in and just frazzled. So it's like behavior changes really, right? Like it's just, you know, it's kind of like anything when you're trying to sleep better, when you're trying to exercise more, like whatever it is, it's, it's baby steps for long-term success. You know, it's like changing this behavior that it really comes back down to science. If you think about it, you know, our neural pathways in our brain, the more you do something, the stronger that pathway becomes. And the more you do it, you're, you know, you're, you're strengthening that pathway um, again and again, and again, it's just like a muscle. If you're doing squats, you're going to, you know, strengthen your, your quads. If you keep only doing squats, that's the only part of your body that you're going to strengthen. And you know, that's not necessarily good because you're not strong anywhere else. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to like with your, if you have a behavior that you need to change, you have to find a new pathway to fire in your brain. And you want to stop strength, you know, strengthening the one that is not, you know, useful to you. You want to strengthen the ones that are. And so that's kind of like, you have to do that slowly. You can't just jump on, you know, and I guess I know some people that are all or nothing people, but that's few and far between. But that's like, you know, I tell the kids, like, even when you're trying to teach something to a toddler, like we don't, we don't have a baby and, and stand them up and be like, all right, walk, you're good. You know, they, they learn to scoot, they learn to crawl, they, you know, it's like small steps, everything in life we do, really, if you think about nature, happens slowly. And a lot of people don't realize that sometimes, with, all the time, not even sometimes with weight loss, there's a mental shift. There are some deep, there's some deep work you need to do. Like for example, with emotional eating, are you actually hungry? Or are you feeling an emotion? What about that emotion is affecting you? What does right. it make you feel like there's some work that needs to be done yeah. there because you know, I, you know, you get stressed out and you reach for something in the pantry. Yeah. I mean, are you actually hungry? And that's that brain, that's that brain pathway. Like there's, 
So I work with a functional medicine doctor right now. Um, I've been working with her for like six months. Um, started working with her through this, like the craziness I went through after menopause, my body just anxiety peaked, my body just broke down. And so I started working with her. She's been life changing and she does a lot of emotional work and she eats a lot of Eastern um, philosophy. And, you know, she talks about, you know, things are rooted in, in emotion, in stories that we created when we were young children. So there is an automatic response to things that we don't even realize. And like she said that she does have clients that she works with, with emotional eating. And, and it, it could be something as simple, like when your parents fought, when you were little, your mom would give you a cookie to have you go away or whatever it is. Um, and then all of a sudden your that become that becomes a neural pathway you're strengthening. And that becomes something in you that like you turn to for calm, you know, and it's, it's, it, it's deep rooted. It could be yeah. something from long time ago that um, you've created and you've strengthened that pathway and that emotion is in there and you need to, it takes work to undo. I mean, if I'm 43 years old and something that I strengthened when I was five, you know, that's not going to be something I undo in like a couple weeks, oh. you know, that's going to take a long time to undo that and to work on that. And it's going to be like a two steps forward, one step back kind of thing. I can't ex expect it to like, boom, just go away. Yes. A hundred percent. And I've been working through those things as well. Uh, you don't realize some of it until you're later in your adult years. I think, you know, mm -hmm. it's not something you realize in your early twenties and there's some, you know, mental health work that needs to be done associated with dieting. And, um, if you want to lose weight or whatever with, getting there or sorry, I should say your relationship with food with relationship with food. Well, yeah. and so the other thing, it's kind of like, I feel like, um, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I'm the equilibrium, like homeostasis person. And I feel that way in everything. And I, like when I first started realizing, cause when I started this food, my, my business, well, it used to be just a blog and now it's a business. Um, thanks to Jenny, who, you know, as well. Um, but it's, when I started it, it was because we changed our diet for my husband's health. And I had to start recreating all the things we loved using plants. And um, I'm, I'm a really creative person. I'm also science-based. So it actually, those two things together have been the success of my recipe development because it's all very science related. Um, and I started the blog itself because people told me I should put it all, you know, online in a blog. I was like, okay, fine, whatever. Um, but back then I dove into this world that I knew nothing about. And I always, from the beginning, felt like a black sheep in the whole vegan niche because it's very black and white. A lot of it is very black and white and very bullying. And you're either this or you're, you know, a horrible human or, you know, you can't, you know, whatever. And it's so frustrating to me. Right. And so I always felt like this black sheep. And then when I finally met Jenny and got the courage to be like, this is me, this, I've never been this way. And I never said I was vegan from the beginning. If you read my bio, I was always like, we're not, you know, hundred percent anything, whatever, but it's just been more recently in the last couple of years, I've actually used that as my brand. And I've had so many people come to me and say, thank God you've given me permission not to be a hundred percent. And I'm thinking to myself, like, why do I need to give you permission? Like, and it's just very interesting how this, you know, this mental piece of it plays such a big part in giving yourself, quote unquote, permission to do things. And I wonder how much of it is 
based in, you know, upbringing and childhood and, and needing to hold on to something, you know, to find self-worth. And when I realized that I jumped into the anti-diet arena a little bit and wanted to know more about it. Well, I also found in that arena, there's extremes and black yeah. and white. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm anti-diet, but I'm not you know, and I personally was struggling with that as well and trying to find my voice in this area. Like I'm anti-diet as in anti-fad diets, but I also believe in a calories in versus calories out kind of way of measuring your, or measuring your intake. Well, and also, um, the anti-diet culture, the extreme part has, has made wanting to lose weight a bad thing. You know what I mean? Like I, they've made, and I, I, I remember thinking to myself going, okay, well back to my original thing, your why, why do you want to do something? If your why is a good reason and not based on, I want to be skinny because I want to look like that model or based on, I want to be something that I'm not meant to be. I mean, I'm five feet tall. I don't weigh a lot. I weigh between, I, I, I fluctuate between 98 and 102 or so, depending on my muscle mass, how much I'm working out, um, vacation, you know, um, I'm not a big person. I'm petite. Um, I am never going to be the tall six foot model. That's all legs and super lanky. I'm petite, but I'm also, um, I also, you know, have a butt I have curves. I'm Greek. Um, so I'm not, I I joke around that I have a Greek butt, but you know, I'm I'm never, I'm not going to wear those clothes that like, you know, people are always like, oh, you can shop in the kids section. I'm like, no, I can't. I got hips and a butt. Can't do that. Um, but, you know, you, I'm never going to be something I'm not. So to say that, oh, I'm going to go on a diet so that I look like that tall model. It's like, mm, that's n- never going to be me. And until you accept that, you have to have a good reason. Well, there's also people that want to lose weight because they're overweight. And yeah. that's, that's, you know, that's the truth is, Yes, we need to accept our bodies, but at the same time, there are people that are overweight and it is not healthy and it's not who their body is. They're not overweight because that's the way they are. And there are some people that are overweight because that's who they are and that's okay. But there's some people that are overweight and they're, that's not what their body is. You know, why is that so bad? (laughs) If someone came to me and they wanted to lose weight because they wanted to, you know, get more energy, feel healthier, um, build up that confidence as well. Yes, absolutely. But if someone comes to me and say they want, you know, their boyfriend wants them to lose weight or they want to look like so-and-so or, you know, they want to look like their Instagram filter that makes them snatched at the waist or whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to take them on. I would probably refer them to a, someone to talk to a therapist. Yeah. You know, there's something that you need to look for and ask yourself, even when, if you're going to lose weight, if you're, your reasoning is, is, is there is for you, for your health, or are you trying to impress others? A hundred percent. Well, and like you said, like your why, like, is it a good why? So that's kind of my thing with the extremes of both ends, you know, like it's okay to want to lose weight. That's not a bad thing. You know, that's, that's not a bad thing. So we, I think we go up and down our lives. Like sometimes, you know, like you said, like motherhood, I mean, you have babies, you gain weight while pregnant because that's healthy. And then you, you know, need to let your body kind of do its thing. But sometimes after pregnant, you know, we have a baby, it's insane. It's insanity. 
And we have no, a lot of people have struggled with taking care of themselves after, you know, because they put the baby first all the time. And so they do reach a point two years postpartum and they haven't lost the weight. And they're like, no, I need to lose this weight. And that's okay. You know, it's not like just love, no, just love your body after baby. Well, yeah, but at the same time, some people want to, I mean, you're not going to get back to, you're not going to get back to being like, you look like when you were 16, that's just not reasonable, but you might get back to being what you were before you got pregnant. Like that's okay. Right. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, that's totally normal. There isn't like a timeline on this stuff. Like first, like my daughter's just a little over two. I still have a little bit to go. Like I totally relate with that. And that's okay. There's no timeline after you lose a baby. It's like, you need to lose this weight now, or you have to love your body or, I mean, love your body, but you know, you, if you're not happy, if you're not feeling great in your own skin, yeah, that you, you there are That's things a problem. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, one thing I was going to say, like, I mean, being, I'm a small petite person. Um, so I struggled really hard to have my first, we went through two and a half plus years of fertility procedures, like everything under the sun. Um, we finally got pregnant after our fourth IVF procedure. Um, and so my body was filled with hormones and all the things. And so when I had my first son, I, in my pregnancy gained 35 plus pounds. Okay. Remember before pregnancy, I was like, I average hundred pounds. That's like almost half my body weight. That was a ton for me. A lot of it was water weight, but not once did my doctor ever say that I've gained too much. Like my doctor was like, you know, she kind of went when I walked in, cause I was so puffy. <laughs> And my, my legs were like, and I, and I, I mean, it was a, it was, we, she did it because it was a, we had a funny thing going. Cause I was like, oh my God, I'm so big and puffy. Um, a lot of that was hormone related. Cause I had so many hormones, as I said, pumped into me after four rounds of IVF and three rounds of IUI. Um, but that's how much I gained with my first, I dropped 20 of it in delivery. Cause a lot of it was water weight. Um, but then with my other babies, like I only gained like maybe 20 pounds. And so it's interesting. It went so like this, but uh, it took me as petite and active as I am. It still took me a full year to my, for my body to kind of like equilibrium again, you know, like an entire year and people, and I, and I didn't even breastfeed. Like I, you know, sometimes they say you keep the weight on until you're done breastfeeding. Um, I didn't have milk, a whole nother discussion, but it was just because it took time for my body to, you know, and I was active again. I mean, I did stroller strides with my first and my second. I mean, I used to push a double bob running with two children and it still took that long. It wasn't just, you know, like I would also eat a ton because I was starving after doing that. But, you know, sometimes it does take time, right? For your body to do its thing. But if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and you want to, it, 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 you need to like get help, professional help to lose weight. It shouldn't be such a bad thing. It makes me sad when I see that. Like you shouldn't mm-hmm. lose weight. Yes. I don't know. No. I don't know. It drives me nuts. Um, so what is safe? Like you being somebody who works with people that want to lose weight, what is a safe amount to lose in a week? Cause we talked a lot about how these fad diets, you're like, I'm going to lose 30 pounds by next week. Cause I'm going to Mexico. <laughs> like, that's yeah. not normal. No, don't do it. I would never suggest someone lose more than two pounds a week. Even then, 
with my clients, it's usually one, one and a half pounds, sometimes less, some weeks are more, some are less. It's just like how their body's responding. Um, when you hear of people losing five, six, seven pounds in a week, when they start a new program, that's not fat. Like we discussed before, that's water weight. That's, you know, you're bloating your salt because maybe the, that weekend before when they did their weigh in, they had a treat yourself weekend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, cause a lot of people do that. Um, I, so one and a half to two, one ish around there, because when I work with clients, like one-on-one, I make sure they're not starving. So I don't think you should go to bed starving and just cause you hit your calorie bracket. So we might up that a little bit. So you're not feeling like your stomach's going to eat itself at night. Like you don't want to be crazy hungry. You want to be satisfied. Yeah. So yeah, you might not drop the two, three pounds a week and it might, sorry, the three pounds a week. So it might not be two either. It might only be one. And it's not an only thing. I say only because a lot of clients will be like, I only lost half a pound. I only lost a pound. Bravo. Like, that's great. Yeah. That's great. You did this without feeling hungry. You nourished your body. And I also work with clients and it's not just about the scale. We take measurements and we take photos. Like myself personally, I haven't really lost weight in the last two months since I've been trying. My body's different though, because I've been taking mm-hmm. photos and I've been taking measurements. So, well, and it's true that muscle weighs more than fat. So when you're like, if you're, if you're a certain size and you have no muscle, like you don't work out at all and you are, then you start working out, your scale might go up. Well, yeah. So a pound of muscle and a pound of fat weigh the same, but the fat takes up so much more room. Yes. Yes. So you might be building muscle slowly and losing fat, but your so your scale will be the same, but you're, you're a little bit smaller. Yes. There's going to be some inches lost there, some fat lost there. Well, and there might be, isn't, I mean, there might be areas where it's a little bit bigger in the sense that you're more muscular, you know, Mm -hmm. like if you're like super lanky and you know, you want some people that have that long lanky body, they want to look sporty, you know, they want to build some muscle. Whereas, you know, I, I know people that like, for me example, like if I don't work out, like I am a smaller size. I wear small, you know, because my body doesn't fill it up in the right ways. But when I am working out, like it's tighter in some areas because I've, you know, I've, you know, gained, I've gained in that area of muscle. It's not necessarily that I'm bigger in the sense of fatter, you know, or whatever you want to call it. It's, and I weigh more. I mean, when I work out, I definitely weigh more than when I don't. Yeah. I, you know, that's, I'm short as well. I'm, I'm five, I'm almost five, three, (laughs) almost. And so my frame is fairly petite, but my arms are bigger. It's the way I'm built. And it used to be something that I hated, even at my slimmest and my sickest, I should say, my arms are always bigger. And that's a body part that I've learned to accept because I know I'm being healthier. I know I'm at a healthy size, but I'm working now for like working out, having strong arms, you know, going, my my body's built a certain way. Every body is different. You can't, you know, I'm not going to be like Heidi Klum, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And that's kind of what we talked about before is that when people say, you know, like you're not, that's the thing, like you're different people are built differently. And instead of 
wanting to be look like that tall skinny model um look at what you're in love love the way your body's built and maybe look at you know um what you want to build with people that you know look maybe more like you you know like i mean personally when i look when we think of oh the perfect body i love the sporty body you know for me like that is just what i um that's more like who i am and it's more like you know i'm short i've shorter legs you know and i just you know i i love that sporty i think some you know people some women that are like sporty and you know built and look strong that to me is more of my ideal than you know that like like they say no thigh gap situation you know <laughs> like that's what i think and i have a girlfriend who is you know she's a little bit bigger but she's so sporty looking and she's always like god i'm fat i'm like oh my god i think you look amazing you know and it's she's got amazing strong legs and i'm just like i oh god are you kidding me like your legs are like you know amazing looking and it's it's interesting the different different ideals and we look at young women today and what is idolized and it's like well you know own what you got you know like, yeah and it comes back, I think, to, again, what said as a kid, like I used to be described as short and stocky. That's how I was always described as, even as a kid, I'm short and stocky. So you, I, you know, you learn to associate these things as a negative instead of, no, a I'm, a, I'm a powerhouse, you know, right. I'm like a little powerhouse. So that's, you know, it, it's just some talk. And what made me start to like my arms is after I had my daughter, I wanted to be able to carry that car seat without dying. Oh God, the car seat. <laughs> the car seat, right? You lug it all over the place. And I know it was really difficult for me with my son. So I'm like, no, I'm going to make like really work out my arms. So I'm strong. And yeah, I could carry that 20 pound little car seat. No problem. So it's, you start looking in the mirror and saying you have strong arms. And I seriously looked in the mirror and said these things to myself. And then I started to believe it. I love that. Cause that's kind of, so my, I'm Greek and I do have a Greek butt is what we say, but part of I've, oh, my, my button thighs, I've always hated my entire life. And part of that, I believe is that growing up, my sister was always the tall, skinny one. And I was always the short one with the Greek butt. And that was said to me by not my parents necessarily, but by other, you know, the Greek community likes to say things with no filter. And so I've always had that. And that's definitely a mental thing for me. Um, and people think I'm crazy that I don't like that part of my body. And I just don't. But I was also, on the other hand, my abs have always been a huge plus because I've, oh, I, I never, I don't really gain weight in my stomach. I mean, you know, now obviously it's a little easier, but it was always in my, my butt and thighs. That's where I gained my weight and my stomach. I've always very easily had muscular abs. And my sister used to be like, and she's the opposite. She gains more weight in her stomach. And she used to always be like, you're so annoying. Your, st your stomach is always like washboard flat. You always have abs without even trying. And so I've never had issues with my stomach. So it's like, it's so mental, you know, whereas if someone said growing up, like, oh, you have, you know, gosh, you have such an acute round butt. Like it would have been a different thing yeah. than, right? Like, and same with you and your arms. Like, instead of like thinking like, God, I have big arms thinking, gosh, my arms are so strong. That's awesome. Yeah. And like my RMT actually helped change my mindset about butts. Cause I was always told I had a big butt and she's just like, I love whatever this is, whether it's a trend or whatever of girls having big booties. I love it because it stabilizes your hips. It stabilizes your back. And that's when I started thinking these, what 
these body parts do for our body. It's just, yeah. yeah. You know, again, it's a mindset set shift. Totally a mindset shift. So what are like, what are your tips as far as like, if someone does want to lose weight for the right reasons, okay. Like the right reasons, what are your tips for what you would, you know, quick tips for somebody listening? Okay. First of all, up your water, um, take your weight, divide it by two. That's how many ounces of water you should be drinking a day. More if you're working out more, if you live in a hot climate, move your body. It does not mean you have to do HIIT training every day, which you shouldn't, um, or lift super, super heavy weights if you can't afford a gym membership. YouTube has so many free workouts, Mm -hmm. and you can do body weight workouts. Or go for a walk. Go for a walk. Um, If you have a Fitbit or an Apple Watch or whatever, try to get those 10,000 steps in. Just move your body. Um, If it's cold out, run in place. You know, like there's things we can do. Uh, that, that is definitely a plus because you do need to move your body. You need to expend that calorie intake that you are eating. Um, I would also figure out how much you should be eating. So by doing that, you can go to randonutrition.com slash TDEE, and that will forward you to a calorie calculator where you just put in your information and it tells you how much you should be eating um, just to maintain your weight. And then I believe there's a chart there that tells, you know, if you're sedentary, um, if you work out, it kind of gives you a ballpark. So that is something that I really recommend you do because you need to know. And if you're new to this, I do. Okay. So I do recommend you track it. Okay. My fitness pal is a good app to track, but you do not listen to it. You do not listen to its recommendations. Cause I said earlier, an app told me that I couldn't eat more than 1200 calories. That was the app. Uh huh. So I use it to track and see, so I can see how much say 18, 1900 calories look in a day. I can track that. And then I can see on my plate without using an app later on. Okay. This is about what I need to eat in a day. Got it. And when I feel like I'm losing it a bit, I go back to the app. I just use it to track how much I'm eating and what that actually looks like. I don't listen to its suggestions. Again, I'm going to say it again. Do not listen to its suggestions because it'll make you starve yourself. But do that. Because most of us don't really know um, until we track it and see. That makes Mm -hmm. sense. And I know a lot of people, you know, they, you know, praise diets where you don't have to track your calories. And I think that's amazing. But if you have no idea where to start, you need to see how much it looks like in a day, what you're eating. Cause we misunderstand or misrepresent calories all the time. So, and I I'd go there and just try to balance it. And I'm not saying, you know, you don't have to count your macros or anything in excess. Just look at your plate. Is half your plate vegetables? Do you have some grains or sweet potato on, you know, maybe that takes up a quarter of it or a third of the plate. Same with your protein. Just start, um, looking at your plate and seeing that it's more so balanced. It doesn't have to be perfect, but don't have, don't have, you know, a cup of rice and just a few vegetables, but you don't have a protein. Like you need to balance that. You need all the things you need, the fat, you need the protein, you need the carbs, you need the veggies, you need everything to like make your body function. And like another tip is like, you hear this all the time is eat the rainbow. Yeah. Try different colors of fruits and vegetables because every color has some different nutrients. Yeah, Yeah. totally. 
Yeah, that's a good one. The eat the rainbow is a good one because I think sometimes we get stuck on eating like the same thing over and over, which, yeah. you know, it's fine. Um, but it is true, like switching it up. Not, it also kind of helps keep things exciting. Um, and don't you think even with kids too, it's more attractive when you have yeah. like colorful food for them. Um, and I would also say don't try to make, so I meal prep and I, but I meal prep, I batch cook ingredients. I don't like make my meals. Um, I would also say don't, when you plan your meals, meal plan, I wouldn't say you should be planning to make a breakfast, lunch, dinner, brand new, every meal, every day, work in leftovers, because I yeah. used to do that and it was a burnout. So it's one of those things that'll cause you to stop. Yep. And that's exactly what um, I teach and talk about. Yes, that's yes, my yes, big yes. thing is yes. absolutely because we need to make it, we need to make it um, sustainable. Like some of the things with the new meal, I can't, I mean, I can't imagine like, it's different if it's like you said, like the batch cooking is, you know, a great idea because you can make different things with those same ingredients, which is easy, but like cooking a new gourmet meal, like every day. I mean, I guess if you're single and you have loads of time and you just love cooking, great. But most of us that are just trying to function in life, like, you know, it's like 30 minutes to dinner and oh my God, like I haven't done anything. So what am I making right now? You know, like, yes, it's spaghetti again. Yeah. Right? Well, like, our, our go-to is pasta and peas. Like that is like our big thing with our kids. Like they went in doubt pasta and peas. So, um, yeah. Um, when I said like, I eat probably the same salad every day, but I change it up every week. So yeah. I batch cook the veggies. And that's another thing about rainbow is salads are great because like right before I hopped on the podcast with you, I had a bed of spring mix. I had some beets. I had some sweet potato, chicken, um, carrots, and bell pepper. So right there's a variety of different colors in one meal. And then I had like quite a few servings of vegetables and I know I got them in. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, this has been great. I mean, I love chatting with people that, um, also aren't, you know, also kind of feel the same way about just food and diets in general. It's so hard. Cause I think that, you know, I think there's getting more and more of us, but it, the, the message online is, is I see it such the opposite and it's, you know, it's really frustrating. Cause I think that, um, that homeostasis, like somewhere in the middle is really what works for most of the population. And, um, the more we put that message out there, I think the more people will hear it and listen to it and almost, you know, get that permission to not have to live in this black and white world that really can, you know, can, can cause a lot of harm, you know, like we talked about. Um, so where can people find you? I'm going to put this all in the notes, uh, the, um, blog post as well, uh, links and everything, but tell people where they can find you and what you have to offer them as well. Yeah. So I am found at, at random nutrition across all social media on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok that often, but TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, I'm more so on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. And I have a get your nutrition back on track in three days. So if you are looking to get started and don't know, I have a simple three-day workshop. You can get that at randomnutrition.com slash three-day challenge. And I'm also the co-host of a new podcast we're launching on the 26th. Yay! Health- yeah, so excited. It's called the Healthy Mamas Podcast. And I co-host that with Monica Stevens Lay from the movement menu. And Sophia's actually gonna be a guest on Friday. Yay, I'm so excited. Um, and I'll put the link to the podcast in there as well. Um, and then I just want to be clear: the three days get your healthy back on track challenge is not a lose your weight in three days. It is literally what it says. 
It's to help, you know, ground you a little bit and kind of get you in the right mindset for developing a system for long-term. Um, Cause we see that, that catchphrase, I feel like so often, like, you know, three days, five days, 10 days. And it's a whole different message than we have here. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's three days of me giving you some simple and easy to implement tools. Yep. Well, thank you so much for being here and thank all of you that are listening. Um, this has been an awesome interview and I appreciate you listening and hearing us out. Um, and make sure to tune in next time where I'm going to talk to another guest, similar idea, similar situation, but we're going to be focusing a lot on teens and especially teen girls and how this all affects them because it's kind of a big issue I feel like right now in our world. So um, thank you guys. And thanks for being here, Randa. Thank you for having me.